in hindsight, there's just kind of no other way to do it. I didn't know anybody. You know, I didn't know anybody. I had no connections to the music business. I had no friends down here. I had no family down here. It was just walk up, introduce yourself, and ask for a gig. And, and, you know, just keep trying to do that as much as you can. Welcome to the Gary Scott Thomas Show. Here's what we know. The podcast with unexpected conversations. Listen each week as we engage in unscripted conversations where we'll be just as surprised as you will be with where the dialogue goes. So join us each week and be privy to the captivating conversations that are sure to ensue. Here's your host, Gary Scott Thomas. Let me start off by trying not to turn into complete fangirl. Because <laughs> Haley Witters is with me on the podcast, and I just am so excited about having you here on Here's What We Know. Because as you know, I'm kind of obsessed with you. You you impress me, Gary. You've done your research. You really have dug into into some of those album cuts and, and know them top to bottom. So I, I'm very impressed, and I'm very happy to be on the podcast today. So I really appreciate you asking me. I, I am, I, I'm just so, you know, one of the things I love, I love right now, it's a tsunami of talent coming out, you know, that there's so mm-hmm. many things out there and you can, you can be who you want to be in Nashville, right? Because you can just throw it all out there. I mean, you, your first album was self-funded. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that was the dream. And then afterwards you had living the dream. And because mm-hmm. I've, I've went down all those roads and stuff. Can you explain to me, first of all, when did you know you were going to Nashville? When did you decide I'm going to do this? Well, you know, I grew up in Iowa and there's not, believe it or not, much of a music scene happening in Iowa. So I, I knew I definitely wanted to do country music. I knew that pretty early on, but I just had absolutely no way how to go about it. And so my mom, you know, she didn't really either, but she thought, well, maybe we should go down to Nashville and just kind of check it out and see what it's about. So she brought me to Nashville when I was uh, 14, 15, maybe. And, um, you know, I'll never forget, like, walking down Broadway, and I'd never seen anything like I'd never been to a city, you know. I mean, Des Moines, Iowa was the biggest city I'd been to at that point in my life. So, I mean, Nashville just felt like New York to me. And seeing people out on the on Broadway, you know, with their guitars busking, with the cases open, you know, hoping that people would throw a few dollars in. I mean, I just thought, well, wow, this is the coolest thing, you know, like, they're out here singing and, and they're going to get noticed. They're going to get famous. I thought for sure Carrie Underwood would be popping out of the bar or something. You know, I, I thought all the cele- all the country music stars that I loved would be hanging out. And I was just pretty enamored by it. And so I think after that trip, what I went home and that was the, that was the moment that I told them, I was like, you know what? I'm moving. As soon as I graduate high school, I am going to Nashville. <laughs> you know what I find amazing about that? Because this is, because, because I'm in the entertainment industry a little bit too. It's a different situation than you yeah. are. But my thing is, if I would have seen those talented people out there busking on the corner, it would mm-hmm. have scared the hell out of me. That I'd be mm-hmm. like, wow, listen to this guy. He's great. Oh, man, did you hear that girl over on that corner? She was amazing. And they're not in the clubs. They're playing on the streets. 
Yeah, I mean, well, it's a good thing you have your dreams when you're young because you're just dumb enough to chase them. But I definitely think, like, you know, I was just so young at that point. You know, I didn't know what good was or not, really. I just, you know, I, um, I, I didn't even piece that together that they're on the street not in the bar you know i guess that's probably what i probably should have thought but i was very naive you know i mean i was very young my parents were very supportive you're a hometown hero you know doing things like that and i think i felt very encouraged and very supported by the people around me and so um you know it was it was like go for it and you can do it and we believe in you like you're gonna make it and all that you know and if any of them, you know, I guess I I I, I was going to say if any of them even expressed doubt, I probably would have maybe thought twice. But I'm thinking back on who I was at that age. No, I don't think I would have thought twice. I, I think I would have been like, I'm just going to show you, you know. Um, well, I, I don't know where that courage came from. I really don't. I don't know where that came from. Because that's such a risk taker. I uh, I got I got offered a scholarship for, in drama, mm. right? Back when mm. I was much, much younger and going into college. And I turned it down because I went to a play when I was in high school and I saw this guy yeah. who I thought was the greatest in college. I thought he was the greatest actor I had ever seen in my life. Oh, wow. His name was Will Ponter, I think. Will okay. Ponter. And I thought he was simply the best, or no, Will Collins, Will Collins, the best actor I've ever seen in my life. The penultimate mm-hmm. of his career is he had a 10, maybe a five to 10 line thing on the old TV show, Barnaby Jones, which there's no way you remember, but it starred <laughs> Buddy Ebsen from, he, you know, Buddy Ebsen as a private investigator, you know, Jed from the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Even then he was 70 years old. And they wanted you to believe that he was fighting 20 year olds and kicking their butts. But, <laughs> but he had like, again, five to seven lines. And that was the penultimate of his career. And I'm like going, wow, wow that's the best actor I've ever seen. Not no, but hell no. I don't have that much faith in me. I love it that you have that much faith in you. You can call it hubris. I love the fact that your faith was bigger than your fear. Well, you know, my middle name is Faith, right? <laughs> yeah, we go, we're going to talk. I'm, about I'm you. not kidding. I know. I'm we're going to talk about your family's names. <laughs> Yeah, we got the crazy ones. And that's the thing is when you go to Nashville, I mean, I, I have a friend of mine, her daughter is, uh, is going to Nashville. She wants to try to make it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, and somebody, cause she had posted it on her thing and somebody goes, well, you don't go without a plan. And I'm like, mm. hell, I think most people go without a plan. I, I, oh, absolutely. Chris Jansen told me he literally took off the day after his graduation, got in his car, drove up there and slept in his car the first two weeks he lived there because he had no plan. What, yeah. what, was, what was, what was your situation? Well, you know, I did have somewhat of a plan because my, I was moving, I was 17 years old. I was the oldest of six kids. I was moving nine. I was so naive. I mean, I was moving nine hours away from home. Every single person I knew in the world, you know what I mean? I was, I didn't know anyone. And so my parents, that made them very nervous. And so they, um, they encouraged me to apply for school. So I went to college down here and I, I had, you know, I guess I had that to kind of keep me you know, from just totally being homeless and on the street and doing nothing. But um, I I came down here and, and I had no plan. I mean, the first day I got here, mom and dad dropped me off, turned around, head back home to Iowa. And 
I didn't have a car. I was over in the Belmont Hillsboro area and I just walked all the way down to Broadway and walked into the honky tonks, you know, and waited till the band took a break and followed them outside on their smoke break and said, Hey, I'm Haley. Like I'm going to be a country music star. Can I get a gig? And I'll never forget his name was Greg Humphrey. And he, um, was a bass player in the house band at Tootsie's. He totally looked like Albert Einstein. And, um, he said, Hey, come back on Sunday. We'll audition you. And so I came back on Sunday and he auditioned me. I sang Suds in the Bucket. Um, and he said, All right, come back on Tuesday. Like, you got a gig. And so I came back and that just started putting me in that kind of circuit, you know, where you're doing those four hour cover band shifts down at the honky tonks. And he put me out at the airport sometimes. And, you know, he, he had me kind of all over the place on Broadway, but that was my plan. And then I, and I learned very quickly that Nashville was a songwriter's town. So I did the same thing at a lot of the writer's nights. You know, I got I walking around, I got that magazine, the Nashville scene, which they still have to this day. And I looked and it, it has a schedule of where everyone's playing, where all the shows are at that week. And I looked up the songwriting clubs and I just went and showed up and, went up to the sound guy and said, who do I got to talk to to get a gig? And, you know, and it all just kind of went from there. And so I really just, I didn't know. And so I just kind of threw myself into it. And I think that, you know, And now that your career is starting to really take off, do you realize how rare what your experience is? Because most of them don't pass the audition. Most of them never have a courage to ask, right? But most (laughs) don't pass the audition. Most don't show what you can do and have them go, yeah, come back Sunday. I mean, you see that now, right? I mean, you know, I, it's been a it's been a minute since I've been down there on Broadway and stuff, and I don't know. I mean, I was scared. I was so nervous to do that, and like just hoping it would work out. You know, I, I think I probably I rem- I do kind of remember like if he passes on me, I'm coming back the next day. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't really gonna let him tell me no, but you know, these days it's so wild too with um, all the social media apps and everything. You can blow up on TikTok and never have even played a show before, you know? And so it is a lot different. Um, I guess, you know, there's probably pros and cons to both. And But I, I'm pretty grateful for my trip. Like, I, I think that ev- all those all those moments have made me a stronger artist and businesswoman because of, you know, what I've had to do. I've had to get down on my hands and knees and crawl through the dirt and try and work my way up. And so um, I think that I I sure as heck wish it could have happened a lot quicker, but I think that all those, um, all those years and all those moments have made me the artist that I am today. See, now I, and again, this is just my opinion. I just, my opinion. (laughs) I think going that hard road way of being in front of people and playing ends Mm -hmm. up being the best thing for you. Uh, I, I'm not discounting TikTok. I'm not discounting social yeah. media, but the truth of it is for all of the people who have 
2 million views in TikTok. It hasn't really <laughs> translated a lot to careers because until yeah. you truly learn how to play a song, play it in front of people, win over a mm-hmm. crowd who has no idea who the hell you are until mm-hmm. you, until you develop that muscle and that skill set, it's a hard game. It's a hard game to just sit back and go from recording a song on your, on your phone to standing mm-hmm. in front of people and being judged. And let's be clear, you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you, I played a lot of gigs where no one cared. You know what I mean? You're sitting in front of them, you're singing your songs. I used to consider it practice, you know, like playing a uh, middle of the day shift on a Tuesday afternoon down on Broadway, you know. Um, it was kind of nice because you're not as like stressed about messing up and everything. I mean, you're you're kind of practicing and seeing what works and what doesn't and you don't have all that pressure, but if you blow up on TikTok and you got all these people coming out to see you and you've never played a single show before, I mean, that feels so scary to me, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess in a way I'm pretty grateful to have been able to really develop, I guess. The bad side of that is, and it's just me and you talking as, as, as far as the, mm-hmm. the idea blowing mm-hmm. up like that, when you blow up that quick means you can disappear just as quickly. Mm-hmm. And so you have that crowd that's looking for the next big thing, right? Yeah. And the truth of it is when you're 10 minutes old in today's social media, you're on your way to being an oldie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's quick. Yeah. And so it's just bizarre. I, I do what the, the reason I fell in love with you, I love your voice. I mean, I'm just straight up. I have loved your voice the moment I heard it, but I truly fell in love with you is how you write a song. And I've been doing this way longer than you've been alive. And it is, (laughs) it is rare for someone to hear lines. All right. All right, guys, let me, let me just, give you some lines is is like janice at the hotel bar stay off the pills but get on the pill if you ain't ready to start a family pay all your bills but give some away all that money won't make you happy i mean there's there's so many things that you know you you can say it's a line song you know that we're just doing lines and stuff like that but that's hearing a conversation that did not go that way and you Mm. finding the story there because conversations are all over the map bing bang bong bang 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 right (laughs) and and for you being able to hear that conversation and go wow that's like, like i said i can just sit and read your lyrics when i hear them they're amazing Paris in the mm. spring in 1973, she said, if there's a heaven, well, that's where, right where I'll be. I mean, mm. that's not common, Haley. That is a gift. Well, I had my, the queen of songwriting in the room with me that day, Miss Lori McKenna. So she gets all the credit for the brilliancy because she is just absolutely brilliant. And, you know, anytime I get to write with her, it's just like a, a lesson in songwriting, a, a schooling of in songwriting. And, you know, I love, I love writing. I've always loved writing. If I wasn't an, a singer, I'd, I'd find a way to write. I'd find a way to write a book or a poems or something like that. I've that's always been what my strong suit has been. And I just, I love putting words together. And I think that's why I've always loved country music because they're so heavy on the lyrics. You know, it's very important to me to write great 
lyrics and to write lyrics that people, you know, can hear and maybe it makes them happy or sad or think about someone they lost or, you know, someone they love. And, and that's why I've always just kind of gravitated towards country music. And so when I get in a room with someone like Lori McKenna, who is also just a brilliant lyricist, you know, we get to have some fun and, and we spend all day, we spent all day writing that song. And it's such like a, an intense day in the best way. You know what I mean? It's, there's no compromising everything, especially you get on a song like the Janice at the hotel bar, which to me was just such an important message. You don't compromise, you know, it's not like you just say, Oh, that's good enough. Right. It's like, no, this has to be absolutely perfect. And that day, I remember that day and those are some of my favorite lines those are, that you said. And those are some of my favorite, my favorite lines that I've ever written, you know? And so when I think back on that day, I'm just like, I just, that, that was just a muse in the room that was above us. You know what I mean? That was someone else, some muse somewhere kind of pushing us along. But that song, um, I just love that song so much. And I love the story about it. Um, Janice actually is a real woman and she's an 80 something year old woman who lives in Jersey. And that song is just kind of forever going to be one of my favorites. I think it's a very special one. Well, it is. And I, I, cause I love Lori McKenna too. Uh, Lori, <laughs> whenever I get her on the, on, on, on the show with me, I just, and, and I wonder if she has, I bet, I bet the next time I talk to her, because one thing she says when she gets in songwriting, songwriting sessions, she's told me she gets in her own way. And what she depends on is somebody to pull her out of her own way. Yep. And I bet that's what you do for her, that, that you bring, you bring Iowa to Boston, right? Cause, <laughs> cause, cause Lori lives in Massachusetts with her, with her, with her husband and, and he's a plumber. And how many she kids she got? Five or six? She's got five kids. Yeah, she got five kids. And she goes, it's easy to get caught up in myself. It's easy to get caught up with all the maelstrom that runs around me. And and mm -hmm. what co-writes do for me is somebody will reach in and grab me and pull me out of my way. And mm -hmm. and I'm like, and you being one of six, you're the oldest of six, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a connection there that's pretty damn special. Yeah. I, I love Lori. I mean, I just, anytime we write, we've written some really, really cool things. And I feel the same, man. I feel I get in my own way all the time. Like, I really need someone to be like, yo, you're thinking way too hard here. Like, it's, it's right here in front of us. Let's just, you know, let's go. Um, but it is a really great combo. And, um, I mean, we pass books back and forth. Like, we're so funny. Um, you know, I just, I really love her as just a friend and a person that I get to talk to and learn from. Um, you know, I just, she's my hero. I, I picture her all the time, just sitting at the kitchen counter all by herself in her yoga pants while the kids are at school, right and humble and kind. And I'm like, man, I hope I get to do that someday. You know, like, that's just the ultimate coolest of cool to me. <laughs> you know, I, I taught her, Lori wrote humble and kind, and she told me, she goes, it didn't sound that way. Tim McGraw, Tim McGraw found the, uh, she goes, Tim McGraw found the rhythm. I never envisioned it as a song is what she told me. And she goes, when I heard it, I was as shocked as anybody. 
You know, that, huh. she, that she, he was able to take that and find the pentameter and find the everything that the 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 harmony and turning it into a church choir and turning it into this thing. She goes, I Lord, it was just writing a point to my children. And and I'm like, wow, I can see what you do for Lori, because Lori will be the first to tell you she loves a good dirge. She loves a good slow song. Right. Oh, yes, and, absolutely. And what I love about Janice at the hotel bar is it could have been a dirge. And I can see where you got Lori out of her way that you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a woman who's enjoyed every second of her 80 year life. And she wants to tell you how to enjoy every second of your 80-year life. Make good love, good company, drink good wine, raise good babies, keep your chin chin up. Ain't nothing wrong with making a good wife. I mean, that's somebody who's not regretting any damn thing. Well, you know, the first song Lori and I ever wrote, and this is so funny because I, I, I consider this the first happy song I'd ever written, you know? So I don't know if it's just like, no, no, no. I, it's a song called happy people, yeah. which was the song that we ever wrote. But I remember thinking too, like at that time I did not write happy songs. So whatever she brings out, whatever I bring out in her, she must bring out in me because we sit there and, and we wrote Haley Withers and Lori McKenna, the two biggest sad songs, dresses in the whole dang town wrote a happy optimistic positive song i mean i think that just broke open the floodgate and then it was just you know all happiness there but um that was i do remember my first write with her and it was a happy song and i remember thinking this is weird i i don't think i've ever written a happy song before but i sure am glad to have one now to play in my set you know everything is kind of funny because most a lot of people are discovering you right now because of everything Mm -hmm. she ain't which is Mm -hmm. which is a fun song it is a Mm -hmm. fun bouncy song it's the you know Mm -hmm. i'm not the first to hear you it's you know it's the 2022 version of there's your trouble right i mean it is and 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 you and you bring it up up and make it fun and and the only problem i ever had with there's your trouble is it was it, it was always a little bit more disparaging of the other person you're just comparing <laughs> and going i don't know if that's what you're looking for maybe right here is what you're looking for and i love how <laughs> optimistic it is without being you know yeah they suck yeah yeah you know, and it's just, I, I, and that's where most people, and so for you to sit back and go, I'm known for not ever writing anything happy. <laughs> I tell you, Lori broke it open in me. I don't know. Now it's all happiness, I guess. <laughs> I try to find, you know, I don't know. I, I, I do try and find, I love sad songs. I actually just talked about a super, super depressing sad song with Whiskey Riff the other day, yesterday, actually. I love sad songs. I really do. I think I'm just like in a spot. And I've been in a spot recently where I'm like, I want to find, I want to figure out what the glass half full angle is on this, you know? And I'm just like, I kind of need it. I don't, I, I feel like other people out there need it. You know, it's like, um, I try and look at the, look at the positive and, you know, it's not all butterflies and rainbows, but if I can have a few songs in my pocket that, you know, that make me feel good and make me think of the good things in life. Like I like to, I like to have that. And I like to sing about that and remind other people that, you know, there's bad days, but there's some, there's some really good ones too. Well, one doesn't mean much without the other, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I I told my son when he started getting into sports, you know, the first time he lost, Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
the only thing that makes winning fun is the risk mm-hmm. of losing. That's the only mm-hmm. thing that makes it fun. And mm-hmm. same thing with here. If you, if you can't understand the bad days, if you can't sit back and hear the whiskey lullaby and hear, wow, that made the most depressing song I've ever heard in my life. But right. then, then all of a sudden with the next song you hear is, you know, whatever. I mean, just pick a song that's fun. Everything she ain't or Janice, the hotel mm-hmm. bar. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah. Okay. Here's both sides of life because that's what we all get. If we're lucky is both sides. Yeah. yeah. How- Absolutely. That much sweeter. You know, it's like, I, I, I love, I love a, ha- I love a good happy cry. <laughs> and I guess that's, um, you know, I've been trying to feel that as much as possible. Remember to be grateful. Remember to, to, um, love hard, you know, and, and to really just feel things. And I think that lets you know you're alive. You know, I try to tell, I try to tell young artists all the time, especially when the career is taken off is, is enjoy this moment because, mm-hmm. okay, let's say it doesn't go anywhere, but you have mm-hmm. that possibility right here. And now yours is going to go things. That's the difference. But also let's say you turn into Garth Brooks level status. Garth, oh, will, Garth will tell you it was the beginning. Man, that was the f- sweet spot. That was the fun yeah. where you got to do it and create and have fun. And it was all about, hey, just the next show until you get to guard status and you're like, okay, who needs to be paid today? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, and, yes. and, and that brings its own uh, thing. It's, you know, it, it, because you're smart enough that you thought through a lot of the possibilities before you ever started it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I can tell that you did. Oh gosh, what do you mean? Like as far as like the industry and stuff? Yeah, well, and when you got started, you know, I'm going to be a star. Well, but you also mm-hmm. didn't think you were going to be a star in a week. You weren't going to be a star right. in a year. You knew. Oh, that I you thought were- I, I played my first gig in Nashville. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm probably going to get a record deal tonight. You know, <laughs> but I would say that's less, um, you know, my confidence and really, honestly, just me just being a total you know, more honest to how the music industry works. I came from Iowa, you know, I didn't know anything. Hey, listen, I'm from South Alabama. I get you, you know, (laughs) you know, Iowa and South Alabama, the really, the only thing difference is the humidity and the mosquitoes. Yeah. Right. Right. And our, we have a lot of corn though. I mean, we got that going for us. Yes. (laughs) I love it. And and that's how you're from Shueyville, right? Yeah, I'm from yep, Shelbyville, Iowa, a super small town. How much? How cool was that? Because I'm from I'm from a small town. I was 38 people in my graduating class. How about yours? Wow, you know I don't know the exact number. I think we had just over like uh, or maybe right under a hundred. I knew every single person in my class. I knew I, I knew everybody's name. Um, but it was it was really great growing up in a small town like that. You know, kind of where I'm from, it's about it's a bunch of I'm from out in the country, and it's a, a bunch of these little small towns that are all just kind of you know in the middle of cornfields, and they're all about you know anywhere from five to ten minutes of each other. And um, everyone in my school, like our school, was nicknamed Cow Pie High because it was just the city kids said it was just a bunch of farm kids and and whatnot. But um, I knew everyone in all those towns. I knew everyone in my school, in my grade. Um, and it was really special. I mean, I didn't grow up doing music. I grew up, you know, 
going outside, riding four-wheelers, going over to my dad's farm and, you know, playing in the water and camping and having fires and stuff like that. And so I grew up, you know, doing those kind of things. And I I think in a way, it it kind of, it was a really nice way to grow up. I think I I got a lot of imagination going back there, you know, and um, I just love growing up in a small town like that, where it really is a community, you know, and, you know, they got your back and you got your theirs. And I grew up with so many cousins and I have more cousins than friends. I mean, I, I hung out with my cousins all the time on the weekends, you know, and my family. And I really have a lot of great memories growing up there. You know what I love? And, and I, I, I've, I've preached this for a while. And it's not just you. I've said this to a number of people. I've, I'm from South Alabama. I've had enough Southern night songs. I've had enough yeah. Alabama weekend songs or Georgia are, right. you know, let's go out on the boat in Georgia or Northern Florida. I, I show me what's unique about you. Right. And yeah, I love yeah. that, Inse- you know, Ian Munsick makes me feel what Wyoming's about. And I totally. love that you make me understand a weekend in Iowa. Uh, boys yes. back home, man. Boys back home yes. ain't more than a stone's throw from a six pack, a pinch of wintergreen skull. They ain't scared of nothing except for your brothers. They walk like their daddy, married girls like their mothers, and their dreams are Carhartt and Chrome. The boys back home. Boom. That's Iowa to me. That's Iowa, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, cause it, it's different and, and it's a different mindset out West. I mean, again, I, I, I love quoting Haley Witter's lyrics. I, I do. And I, and I know <laughs> you wrote this with Jesse, uh, Jesse Joe Dillon and, and Brandy Clark, but yeah. they wear worn out boots. They take off their hats for suppers and sermons, funerals and flags. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I love songs like that. A lot of people sit back and try to go, well, it's wonderful that you have this tender heart for the, the, those boys that you grew up with in Iowa. But what I loved about the song was not that. It's that you made me feel like I'm in Iowa. Yeah. I love that. And, and it's just, it's, it's delightful. And that's what I'm saying is, the the common denominator and you won't work with all these you know as i've said before brandy clark's my girlfriend it's okay my wife and her girlfriend both know that she's my girlfriend she she tell you everything yeah she'll tell you right off the bat i'm like you've been my radio girlfriend for a long time uh but i, I I see where it's that, again, I use the word pentameter, but it's that ability to create a lyric that establishes a scene and a story. Usually you get a scene or a story, but it's, yeah. it's rare when you get the scene and the story. And yeah. that's what I think, in my opinion, that you bring that is so damn special. Well, you know, I mean, I grew up listening to Alan Jackson, you know, and I didn't have to grow up in Georgia to have my own version of Chattahoochee. You know what I mean? Like, he did the same to me. He talked about life and he talked about it through the lens that he knew, which was small town, Southern Georgia, you know, and that's what I wanted to do with this raised record was to tell, talk about life and, and the things that I'd seen and the things that I'd done and the things that raised me. But, you know, if I were to talk about it through the lens of Texas, that's just not where I grew up. So, you know, we're a little more cornfields and, and ball caps and red dirt and 
and cowboy hats up there, but we're we're singing about the same things, you know. Yeah, and that's that's the thing I said. I I I love is that we're allowing you to bring that special in of yeah. what what's new to you, because yeah. I I don't know. Well, thanks to Nicole Gallion, I'm starting to understand what a week in Kansas is like. You know, right? And and I I want to know. You know, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Allen helps me understand what Delaware growing up there was like, right? right. And so, and, but that because I've been playing country music for a long time that was never mm-hmm. explored it was never allowed to come in you had to you had yeah. to sing about chattahoochee you had to sing yeah. about mississippi woman and louisiana man that's what you had yeah. to do right so it's yeah. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful to see that it's funny you know i remember like people telling me like when i got to town and stuff like you're from iowa well that ain't country you know and it's like oh we're we're pretty dang country up north you can tell it was always like you know, above the Mason-Dixon line, well, that wasn't country. And it's like, we're pretty dang country up there, you know? It might be a different kind compared to what you guys got going on down here, but it's very country where I come from. I have lived this for the longest time, especially playing country <laughs> music. The moment mm-hmm. you want to lose me, the moment you lose me is when you tell me that ain't country. Right. Right? <laughs> and, and this yeah. is a kid from South Alabama. The moment you tell me this ain't country... I'm done. Right. I'm done because yeah. you have no damn idea. You are literally talking to, I'll say it, a country music expert, by God. Yeah, and, come on. And you, you, you don't realize the beautiful thing that's made country is our ability to adapt. I mean, at yeah. no point did Mick Jagger think he would still be in the top touring band in the world at 80 years old. Right. You know, because rock and roll won't let them change. They won't let them change, right? Neil Sean from Journey is closing in on 80. These are some of the top touring groups of the world in rock and roll because they're not allowed to change. In country music, we have a whole influx of new music every five to 10 years. You know, Garth Brooks is going to be the big thing. Well, then after Garth Brooks, it's going to be Taylor Swift. It's Terry Underwood. After Terry Underwood, it's going to be Florida Georgia Line. I mean, we're always constantly changing, and that's what makes it vibrant. Right. Absolutely. I am just such a delight. And I know you only have so much time and you've been so generous with your time. That oh, I love talking to you, Gary. Your, your folks have said, listen, this is how my, and I told you when I saw you, we had her out here recently. And I said, I will keep you because I am thrilled that you're so busy that you only have this much time. <laughs> what I will do is I will beg and plead with your people again to get you back on because I could go over each and every album. I just tried to give everybody an overview of Haley. You, get on, you get on them. I love talking to you. I so. will. I will get on them and get you back because again, I am such a fan. You'll find her Haley Wetters all over the radio. You can find her on her, on her website, HaleyWetters.com. And when you do the deep dive, y'all, you will become a big, as big a fan as I am. I ain't lying to you. <laughs> oh man. Well, I am so honored and you just, you know, you just make me feel good every time I get to talk to you and I appreciate it. And I just love how much you care about country music enough to go do deep dives on artists that that you like and so i really appreciate you and we are lucky to have you country music is lucky to have you and i really appreciate you talking to me today 
Thanks for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe, download a few more episodes, and please leave a review. Reviews really help us get this out to more people like you. Also, we'd love to hear what your favorite part was. Be sure to join us on social media to engage in even more unexpected conversations. Until next time. Bye.